Hello, Monetization Nation. I'm Nathan Gwilliam, your host. Nikki Nash, my guest today, is a podcast host. She's the author of Market Your Genius and creator of the Genius Profit Society, which is a training and development program on a mission to equip entrepreneurs with the tools and resources they need to share their message. In today's episode, Nikki is going to share her expertise with us and tell us how we can create a consistent flow of leads with our marketing strategies. In today's episode, we will cover the following key takeaways. Number one, we should understand what success looks like before we build or implement an entire marketing plan. Number two, instead of trying to be on every social channel, we should pick one to start and be consistent with our content before we expand out to other social channels. Number three, if we're not consistent, our lead generation won't be consistent either. Number four, marketing is relationship building. We should build a relationship and earn our customers' trust before asking them to buy a $1,000 product. Number five, we should start with value, be original, be clear, and be a better solution. And number six, we should test and adjust our marketing strategies. If it works, improve it. If it doesn't work, tweak it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, can you start by sharing with us something you are super passionate about? Yes, I am super passionate about uh, health and wellness and specifically for me, weightlifting. It's my favorite thing to do when it comes to kind of living a healthy lifestyle. I love it. Yeah. Just before I got onto this uh, show, I saw a news article about an Olympic weightlifter from the Philippines that won the very first Olympic gold medal for the Philippines. Awesome sport. And it's a great way to lose weight too. I remember reading in some weight loss book that a lot of people think you just have to run a whole bunch, but because when you weightlift, you work the biggest muscle groups, it's actually one of the best ways to lose weight. Absolutely. My younger sister lost, I think like 80 pounds uh, weightlifting and now she competes as a powerlifter. And that's honestly what got me into weightlifting as we go together to the gym. Um, so I love it. What is the greatest success, the greatest home run that you've hit in your career? Yes, I would say the greatest home run um, that I've hit in my career was really writing um, my first book, which is Market Your Genius. Yeah, it's amazing how many people, how many guests I've had on my show that they give that answer. They they tell me that the book they wrote was their greatest home run because of all the doors that it's opened for them in their career. Can you tell us a little bit more about that book? What, is, what are the most important takeaways from, from that book? Absolutely. So the book is, um, really quickly I'll share it's, it's split into three kind of sections. And so the first section is how do you package that, which you are an expert in or want to be an expert in, in such a way that other people want to, um, buy your services or invest in your products. So it's all about, you know, how do you package your magic into something sellable? And then once you're clear on what you're offering is, whether it's literally a product or service, or it could be a podcast or a blog, um, then the next phase is how do you build an audience for that product? How do you get leads? How do you turn them into people that hear about you and, and then become ultimately clients or customers of your business? And then the, fast, the last phase is all about how do you um, do that all in such a way that your clients and customers 
keep buying from you. Tell everybody and their mother about your magic and uh, really help you continue to build that business. And so those are kind of the three sections of the book. I really wrote it for um, the person, the entrepreneur who's going, oh my goodness, marketing is not my jam or I'm not getting as many leads or as many clients as I want um, because I know from my own clients and, and entrepreneur friends, marketing is not everybody's jam. Like it, it can feel like it's hard or challenging or that they're doing all of the things and not getting results. And I think it's fun. Like you obviously think it's fun too. We, we jam about it. Um, so my goal is to really help people um, find the joy and get the results from marketing. And um, to answer your question of sharing some, you know, magical tips, um, one of the first ones is to get clear on what success looks like for you. You know, so often I hear from people that they want to know what they should be doing to market their business. And my answer is, what's your goal? <laughs> like, what are you trying to accomplish? I can't really answer that. So, you know, your job as the visionary or entrepreneur of the business, you know, the leader is to get clear on what the vision is, what success looks like for you. So um, that's the first thing I really encourage people to do before they you know, try to build or implement an entire marketing plan. I love that. And if we don't know where we want to go, there's absolutely no way we can get there. So being very clear about that destination is critical element of success. Absolutely. All right. Let's dive into your area of expertise. Let's talk about how to create consistent flow of leads. So how do we capture our audience's attention and consistently attract our dream clients? One of the things that I really encourage people to do that comes out of the book in terms of like, what are some tips is I think so often people are looking for their target audience and trying to be in a million places in order to get a, a consistent flow of leads. Because in theory, the idea is if I can get in front of more people and reach more people, then I can get more leads, right? But I think what ends up happening for most people is they are spread way too thin and they aren't consistently visible on the platforms or the channels that they choose. And so the first step, if you want a consistent flow of leads, is you need to choose a marketing channel and be consistent there in the first place. Because if you're not consistent, your lead generation won't be consistent. So whether that's, um, I tell people uh, the best way to think about these sort of traffic driver categories um, is to remember OPP. And if they're into music, you know, you probably just said, yeah, you know me um, as I said that or have that song now stuck in, in my your head. head. I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I do think so. It's easy to remember, but that would be organic. You know, so you think organic ways of marketing, it's typically maybe content or social media, or it could be even speaking on stages or going to networking events. Um, and then there's paid opportunities. So advertising or sponsorships, and then there's partnerships and, and going, hey, you know, you have this audience of people that I'd like to reach. And I have this audience of people you'd like to reach. And let's promote each other or do something collaboratively or something along those lines. And so I usually recommend people choose one of those three methods to start. And choose if there's a channel within there, choose one channel, you know, like whether it's Facebook, Instagram, podcasting, whatever it is within that to start and consistently show up there. And when you're consistently showing up there, add value and then say, hey, guys, if you know, one of the easiest things, it's super simple is, hi, guys, I just provided you with some value. I just captured your attention. I would like to continue the conversation. How can I collect your contact information? And so you're just thinking through that process of going, I'm going to show up where my people are. I'm going to consistently show up. I'm going to capture their attention. And then I'm going to ask them for their contact information so I can keep bringing them amazing content and ultimately um, make an offer. 
Yeah, you just said so many different important things right there. So let me unpack a little bit of this, a few of these things. Um, so you, you talked about the importance of focusing on one channel. Pick the channel, the marketing channel that you think is going to do best. And at the beginning, just do a really good job with one marketing channel. Don't try to do everything because you're going to do a mediocre job if you try to do everything at once. And I agree with that. I remember once I was hired to help launch a new airline. David Nilleman that started JetBlue Airlines went to Brazil and started an airline named Azul. And, and so he hired me to develop and implement his social strategy. And I went down there and did that. And and at the time, Orkut owned Brazil for the social networks in the social network space. They, they by far had more traffic than any other Brazilian social network. And Facebook had just launched in Brazil like two months before. And so we had a hypothesis that Orkut was going to die because filled with so much spam and that Facebook was going to dominate Brazil. And so we decided to pretty much ignore the top social network in Brazil and put all of our eggs in one basket, like you're talking about focus. And we focused on Facebook in Brazil. And we created a hundred different Facebook pages. And we did a test for about a month to find which one resonated the best with our target audience. And we found three pages that did really well. And we turned off 97 pages and we focused all of our energy on three Facebook pages. And and we grew those so fast that I, I believe about at one point, half of the Brazilians on Facebook were following our Facebook page. And we took them from essentially like 5,000 Facebook followers to 1.2 million Facebook followers in one year or something like that. And uh, they became the fastest growing airline in aviation history. And that was just probably one little piece of their success. But uh, I agree with that. Focus and do a really good job at your best marketing channel. Okay, you've talked about how marketing is similar to dating. Will you share that analogy with us? Yes, and the beautiful thing is is I know I I shared a lot earlier in the last question, um, but it, it's it's really the beginning of why marketing is just like dating. And one of the things that I truly believe when you look at marketing is that it's relationship building. You know, you're looking at a specific group of people that you want to have believe that your product or service is the solution to their problem or the answer to making their dreams a reality, right? And it's no different than going, hey, I'm looking for uh, a partner. And ideally, you know, in dating, the partner is looking for their ideal mate and you're looking for your ideal, ideal mate. And ideally you're coming together and it's like a match made in heaven, right? And so when you look at your marketing plan or trying to build a marketing plan, um, the phases are very similar. And so when I look at dating, and I'll use dating as the analogy first, and then I can go back and, and unpack it as it looks um, for marketing. But the first thing you would want to do is figure out, okay, who is it that I want to meet? Like, who's your ideal person? And when you have some clarity around that, you'll usually go, okay, well, where do I think this person is? Do I think they're on a specific dating app? Do I think they're heading to a certain bar? Like, where am I going to go to meet my dream person? right? And once you know where you're going to show up, you choose one and you show up there, right? You're optimizing your profile so that you're capturing somebody's attention, or maybe you're getting all dressed up or dolled up or looking fancy um, before you go to the bar or the place where you think the person is going to be. And you try to capture somebody's attention, right? And if it's in person, I, I used to try to smile at someone. Or um, when my best friend was single, she and I would go places and she would maybe talk to someone. And then if I liked that person, she would 
talk to them first and then be like, oh my gosh, you need to meet my friend Nikki or something along those lines, right? Um, And so you spark that conversation. And the goal by the end of that conversation is to ideally exchange contact information. And then once you have contact information, your goal is to get the first date. And after the first date, if it goes well, the goal is to get the second date and so forth until you're dating and ultimately um, get to a point, as my grandmother used to say, where you piss or get off the pot, like you either committed or you said goodbye. And so the same phases are true in marketing. And I think so often people make marketing overcomplicated. And I'm like, no, you need to figure out where your audience is and you need to show up in front of your audience. And then you need to capture their attention ideally metaphorically get their digits. And in marketing today, that's no different than offering a lead magnet or getting somebody's business card or doing something where you have a way to stay in contact with them and then ultimately move them further down the path so that they have everything they need to powerfully choose to buy from you or not. You know, none of us would walk up to someone that that we had just met and ask them to marry us, right? Because we hadn't helped that relationship progress to the spot where that was socially acceptable. Um, but so often marketers make that mistake, right? They, they, uh, send that LinkedIn message. The first time I've ever talked to somebody, they're trying to get me to buy their thousand dollar product. Right. And that does not work, right? You, you have to build a relationship of trust with somebody. You have to, we do business with people that we know, like, and trust and people skip that step that we would never skip in dating. Yeah. And something I've noticed more and more is that people are now not metaphorically asking somebody they've never spoken to to get married, though that still happens to me metaphorically, like from a a business perspective. But now it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to ask them for a sale. I'm just going to go, hi, want to go on a date? And it's like, I don't know anything about you. You don't know anything about me. And it's just like, let's go on a date on this day. And so oftentimes I get messages like, hey, you should join my Facebook group. Or hey, I'm doing this challenge. You should join it. And I'm like, do you know anything about me? Have you even read my profile? You're inviting me to join something that I literally teach. Like, how does that make any sense? Unless you're, you go to me and you say, Hey, you know, um, I've heard about you. I I know that you teach this thing. I, I have a new method that I thought you might be interested in. Just wanted to invite you in case you're willing to check it out. Then I at least feel like you did some due diligence, but now then the new thing I keep seeing is, hi, want to go on a date? It's like, what's your name? Who are you? Like, what's happening? So how do you do that? How do you, how do you take that first step? You know, that the icebreaker that you would take in a dating relationship. How do you do that in a, in a marketing sense? Yeah. You know, I, I think partially it depends on your marketing plan, but I, I, or your strategy, but I would say the same way, you know, if you're going to cold message somebody on LinkedIn or Instagram, I would maybe start with, hi, you know, how are you? This is like, be a human. Like, how are you? What are you up to right now? What are you interested in? Like, just get to know the person. And that method could feel a bit longer. Or you do, um, you know, your due diligence and you say, hey, I saw you just posted about this thing. You know, maybe they posted that they had a problem with something or that they couldn't figure something out. Hey, I saw that you had a question about this or you had a problem. I think I have something that can help you. I'm actually teaching it in a free challenge. Would you like an invite? Or here are some tips. I'm going to teach it further in this challenge. Would you like an invite? You know, that I feel like is is so much more um, putting the other person first and as opposed to making it seem like you're putting your agenda first. You know, like, I think that's a big part of it. And if you're doing, you know, 
other marketing things. It's if you're going live, you're naturally adding value. And then you can say, hey, if you're if you've been watching this video and you find it interesting and you'd like to learn more, come to this thing. Or if you were listening to this podcast, like those sorts of things, I think are are easier maybe for marketers to transition because they're starting with value. But the direct messaging, um, I think so often people are are really excited and want more people to join their community or join their thing. And they're like, join my thing, join my thing. And I'm like, what is this thing even created for me? Am I even your ideal person for the thing? Would you even want me to really join this thing? <laughs> you know, like if I, if I'm literally never going to buy from you, then why would you want me to join this thing? Um, so try to get to know people first. Yeah. I love how you said, start with value. And I think that's the best summary for the, this point you're trying to make. However you do that, you've got to find a way to start value. Just like in a dating relationship, you don't walk up and say, hi, this is me. This is where I work. This is, you know, you, you don't like start telling everyone about you. You start off by asking people about them, right? Um, so, so in a business sense, how do we provide value? Like you're talking about getting on a podcast. Do we provide value in a podcast? Do we provide value in an ebook? Do we provide value by answering people's questions? It's, we've got to find a way as that first step to provide value. We have to start with value. And then once we've provided the value, they know us, like us, trust us a little bit, then we can invite them to come to a webinar or, or whatever that next step is that, that needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, don't forget the initial hi, let me get to know you part of the dating situation, yeah. right? You know, you don't want to invite somebody to a date and then in actually invite them to a bad first date off the bat without ever talking to them. Ideally, you would like to talk to them and know what they'd be interested in. And it makes the date go a little bit smoother. Okay. I, I see a lot of people today who are copying other people's marketing plans exactly. And you, you've talked about marketing plans a little bit so far on the show. Do you think that's a good idea to copy someone else's marketing plan? You know, um, short answer, no. <laughs> um, I And I think the main reason is, you know, there, there are probably two main reasons. The first main reason is that you might have completely different goals and objectives than that person, even down to maybe you want the same amount of clients, maybe you're in the same niche, but maybe, you know, I'll give a quick example. Um, there are people in my industry who do challenges as a way to grow their business. I think that's cool. I like the concept. I don't use that strategy because energetically when I do lives like live challenges that many days, I energetically am drained and I end up hating it and I never want to do it again. And it makes me miserable. And that's not really how I want to show up from a marketing perspective. Right? So I'm like, I get the strategy. I get the tactic. I get while you're doing, why you're doing it. And I don't show up as my best self doing it that way. Oddly enough, if I went live every day and did, you know, in a, po a live podcast interview or something, my energy is completely different. I can completely do that. But for me, there's something different energetically teaching live every day. I just don't enjoy it. Um, so there's the piece where like you may not show up the same way as that other person because it's just not the right fit for you. Um, that's number one. The other thing is that, you know, I truly believe that um, the people who are meant to hear from you and connect with you and buy from you um, are on like this, I don't know, like wavelength <laughs> that is tuned into you. And so if you try to copy somebody else's messaging or marketing strategy or things like that, you're not showing up to you. It's kind of like turning, tuning into your favorite radio station and suddenly they're playing a type of music you can't stand. And you're like, what are you doing? Right? Like I thought this was, you know, the country station and you're playing 
EDM or like electronic dance music or the opposite, right? You want to show up as yourself in a way that's going to be right for you and your audience and to try a marketing plan that is your hypothesis and your belief as to what's going to work for your business, as opposed to going, well, this person's doing this, so I'm just going to copy everything they're doing because they've seen some success doing it. Because you might not have the same things internally in your business to make that even happen and you may not even like it. So what's the point? Yeah, I love that. Be you. Um, I, I built a service called adoption.com and on it, we have a, a thing called parent profiles where families that want to adopt, they put a profile online and then the women that are pregnant, considering adoption, go and choose a family. And a lot of times those families, they try to be all things to all people. They try to be so vanilla that they're not going to offend anyone and they've removed all of their connection points. And we try to advise people, don't do that, right? If if you're a huge fan of the Boston Celtics, say that and, and put that all over your page. Because if there's a, a birth mom whose uncle was a big fan of the Boston Celtics and she thinks that's super cool, she's going to connect with you. And if you try to make yourself appeal to everybody and not offend anybody, right, you're not going to connect with anybody. You're not, you're going to remove those connection points. So whoever you are, be you. Yes. As I like to tell people, I'm like, do you, boo? <laughs> like, do yeah. what's right for you. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And you're talking about being original here. You're talking about, um, we may even take a general concept that worked for someone else, a strategy, like you were talking about the challenge funnels. And I agree, that's a great marketing strategy. But then we have to make them originally and uniquely us. What are the best ways to come up with these original marketing ideas? Yeah. You know, I, I really truly believe that you have more ideas and inspiration inside of you than you realize. And so what I usually encourage people to do before they even talk to me and, and so that they have some sort of ideas or thoughts on their own is to sit down in a quiet place with like a blank piece of paper and ask yourself if I were my target audience and I wanted to hear about me and like decide that I wanted to, you know, potentially buy my product or service, what is the step-by-step actions I would take? Like, would I Google you? Would I hear about you on Instagram or Facebook or a podcast? Would I, you know, try to look up reviews somewhere? Like what actions would they take? And, and as you start doing that, ask yourself, what would be a really fun or in a like right for me way to do this, you know? And, um, you'll be amazed at what you sometimes come up with, um, whether it's from a marketing perspective or strategy or even content, you know, um, sometimes people's idea on, um, when I started my business, my idea was to do a show called content and coffee. And I just taught content concepts in the morning while drinking tea and, or decaf coffee. Cause I wasn't drinking caffeine at the time. Um, and so like, that was just fun for me. It was an idea I had, and then I just went with it. It felt right to me. I wanted to do it. Um, and so I think so often people may have an idea and go, yes, I want to do this. This feels right. And then stops themselves because they see somebody else in the industry having success with a different tactic. And it's like, no, trust yourself, trust your own hypothesis, trust your gut and, and kind of sit down in, in quiet space and, and try to come up with ideas. Okay, so what makes a good marketing message? Ooh, that's a good question. What makes a good marketing message? I would say that a good marketing message is one where you are really clear about the value that you bring 
to your target audience and really clear about where your target audience is right now. Because ideally with your um, messaging or your marketing, you would have somebody go, wow, you completely get me. That's so me. You understand my challenges and you've provided like a really clear solution to my problem. And I think so often people try to get fancy with their marketing messages or things like that. And I don't think that's necessary. I think clarity is key. And I think um, putting yourself in somebody's uh, shoes and using the words that they would say makes all the difference. So if you know that, you know, you're targeting somebody who is, um, I'll just use marketing as an example, like an overwhelmed, you might say, are you overwhelmed with marketing? No. Like, do you wake up every day thinking telling yourself you're going to go live and then you don't go live because you're so not sure what you should talk about and you're afraid that it's not going to work and nobody ever shows up to your lives anyway. So you convince yourself not to do it. I've been there too. You know, like, you know, you're not alone. Like it's okay. You know what you really need. Your problem isn't that you don't know what to say or that you're bad at going live. Your problem is, is that you don't have a game plan for how you're going to go live, what you're going to talk about when, and how you're going to track your results and pivot should things not work out the way you want them to, right? And so I have this whole program. By the way, guys, I'm completely making this up. So if somebody's like, yes, Nikki, I want this program. It does not exist. Um, But like you want to speak to someone in such a way where you're like, yes, I completely understand where you are and who you are. And here's um, how I can help you with, with your problem or solution. Often we see people that are wildly successful who are selling a similar product to their competitors, but they're being far more successful than their competitors are. What advice do you have about differentiating ourselves? Or, or I guess a, a way, another way to word is what makes customers buy from us instead of our competitors? Ooh, okay. So what has somebody buy from you instead of maybe a competitor is because you've done your job and having them believe that your product or service will is the product or service that they need to help them solve a problem or reach a solution, right? And so um, one of the things that I think people often forget is um, that you need to, it's not about, you know, part of it is having people know, like, and trust you. But the other part of it is that they have to really believe that you can help them. And so there are a lot of people where I'm like, oh, yeah, I know them. I like them. You know what? I trust them. But I don't actually think that they can help me solve this specific problem that I have. And their competitor did a better job of saying, this is the problem that you have, and I have a solution for it. And so I think um, if you want to stand out from your competition, it's about having clarity around your what makes you special, like what what is unique about you. And it doesn't even have to be so different. Some of the things that are unique about you could be your energy or your philosophy or your general like geolocation. I don't know. It depends on what you're offering. And so I would get really clear on, you know, how you can uniquely help your clients or customers and focus on differentiating yourself um, that way. And also sometimes uh, you may have competitors that are bigger because they've consistently said the same thing over and over again for longer than you have. And and sometimes that's just part like how the cookie crumbles, I guess is the equation. It's just part of being the thing. consistent and, and having that longevity there. Yeah, exactly. All right. How can we create a plan or a system for generating a consistent flow of leads? 
Yeah. You know, I think we, the cool thing is, is that a lot of what we've talked about today is, is completely in alignment with that. But I, I think what I would say is if somebody wants to create a plan for consistent leads, if you already have things that you're doing, really look at what is truly working and what is not working because some, and and ask yourself if you've given yourself enough time to figure that out. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make after they kind of make their, I call it just like dating strategy, like the just like dating method where you've gone, I know where my audience is. I know what I'm going to do to capture their attention. I know the lead magnet, all of that. Sometimes people don't test and validate it enough to know if it's working and tweak it along the way. And so the best advice I have for somebody that wants consistent leads is to come up with your plan, use the just like dating method, and then test and validate it. And so, you know, you shared how you did really like a hundred different profiles and then found the top three and then focused on those, you know, find your like focus on something. And, and I always tell people, you know, make up, it's be like a mad scientist and mad is actually an acronym M A A D so that you guys can remember this. It's make a plan, activate the plan, adjust the plan based off of, you know, your analytics and metrics, and then do it again. And you go through those cycles probably like six, eight, 12 times in a year. It's like, do the same thing over and over again and test and validate it. There's no one magic secret to generating leads. It's consistently showing up and doing things and testing it and making sure it works. Thank you so much, Nikki, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. To learn more about or connect with Nikki, you can visit her blog or check out her book, Market Your Genius. And there's links to both of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success as you strive to build a consistent flow of leads with your marketing strategy. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.